Well, damn, I can't read and I can't write. What good am I? I really don't know. Nice. Everybody and welcome to episode 124 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is the man with the plan, the dude with the tood. That's me, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> and we also have a very special guest with us today, Mr. Jordan Hart. Hello, good morning. Good morning, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Yeah, kind of tired, but we're getting there. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> you got this, man. I'm out of here. We 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 were so excited to talk to you that we woke up from our uh, our deep sleep and and came to do the interview. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sex. I don't know what you're talking about. Really? Deep slumber. <laughs> I was I was in the middle of getting it done, and you, and you left to drive all the way over here. No, I, I you know I was finished, and I saw you post that picture on Twitter. <laughs> no, <laughs> you said you were heading to the stable, and you had a picture of uh, two horse asses <laughs> in your face. Well, you asked me the other day where Horsicles was at, and I said he's at the stud farm. Oh, okay. Taking care You're of on your own vacation. I'm on vacation. No, I don't vacation. If, if you don't know what's going on, Jordan, uh, Miguel voices a character named Lord Horsicles on our show. It's a recurring Oh, that's, that's great. Recurring thing. Uh, we actually have a friend that does a, a comic strip based on the horse minions. It's kind of like um, the monarch from Venture Brothers. He's a bunch oh, of awesome. bumbling people that work for him, and he's, he himself is kind of stupid. Hey, man. Hey, hey. <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> you do resemble that remark. Uh, you can find them on our website if you want to check them out. It's comicalpodcast.com. They're pretty funny. Uh, awesome. But we got a lot to go over today. All right. So we're going to get right into things and talk this week's comics. What were your top two this week, Miguel? Number two was Godzilla Oblivion. Number four, Joshua Hilfiakoff and Brian Tachuria. If I never can say that guy right. Churila? Churila? Yeah. Churrasco? Uh, what do you call those things <laughs> we eat? The sugar thingies? Uh, Chalupa? No. The, the little stick things, the candy things. Churro? Yeah, what kind of a Mexican you're, you're, really, <laughs> you're really bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't eat those damn things anyway. Uh -huh. Mexican food, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Your stomach's otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> That's good old class in American steak. Stop taking me off on a tangent here, man. Anyway, Godzilla Blizzard number four. Really loving Fialkov's take on this, man. When I first started reading the books, I was like, okay, uh-huh. All right, what's he doing? Okay, Godzilla people, worlds, whatever. But now... After reading four, I'm like, dude, are you totally cheesing off the movies? Are you totally following the movies? Because at one point, I was like, I've seen this before. I know I've seen this in one of the 18,000 Godzilla movies I've seen. But anyway, it's still good. The people are still trying to figure out how to beat Godzilla. They brought in King Ghidorah. He gets killed. Godzilla, messed, like I told you, was going to. And then they pull him out of the water, and they start making him Mecha Ghidorah. But the funny thing is they made uh, Mecha Godzillas, right? But you know how big he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be the biggest Godzilla. Right. No, this dumbass made miniature ones. Like, not even the size. The guy's like, why did you just make them bigger? Nah, these are better. They're, they're more irritating. They're faster. They can stop him messing with him, piss him off or whatever. So they do that shit, and then they wind up the other Earth or whatever who they are, screw them over because they turned on their portal from the other side. This sounds extremely complicated. <laughs> Dude, any Godzilla fan would love this. And they sent through all their freaking monsters. So like a gaggle of monsters are coming, yeah, that's right, <laughs> coming through their portal, and it, that's where it ends. I'm like, you bastard. So all hell's about to break loose on their world now. It's, it's really good. I, if you're a Godzilla guy, you'll love it. The graphics and watching Godzilla get pissed off with the little mini Mecha Godzilla's flying around him, it's, it's great. And watching him like underwater, and yeah, I love it. I'm a Godzilla. I can't help it, man. I, I love know, this book. I know you love it. Are you a big Godzilla fan, Jordan? 
Uh, not as much as I should be. I've seen all the movies, but um, I don't know that last one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I like Godzilla, but I'm not a diehard fan like Miguel. You talking about? Yeah. The, you talking about the one with the Mutos? Yeah. I didn't like kind of the way he looked a little bit. I didn't like his feet. How they made his feet. I didn't really like how he didn't really use his breath early on, but uh, he was okay. I didn't have a problem with him. I mean, he was still badass. I didn't really care much for the aliens, but the more I start thinking about it, they had to go somewhere totally different, which was okay. Now, I'm anxious for the new one, which is a reboot, the one in Japan, Godzilla uh, Resurrection or whatever it's called. He's wearing the pink. He's not wearing the pink. The dude has problems. He needs lotion for that. <laughs> He's uh, taking a page out of Spider-Gwen's book. <laughs> Welcome to Godzilla Podcast 101. <laughs> Anyway, what was your number two, man? Uh, my number two was Uncanny Avengers number 10 from Jerry Dugan and Pepe Larraz. I didn't get to read this. Uh, remember last issue, Hank Pym returned to Earth, but he had merged with Ultron? Yeah, yeah. you keep, you keep hoarding these books, man. When are you going to bring that to me so I can read it? Uh, later, okay. I guess. Yeah, later. <laughs> That's what you said last week. It's been a busy couple of weeks. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, the Avengers and the Uncanny Avengers are working together to try to figure out if Hank is who he says he is, if he's actually Hank Pym or if Ultron has somehow taken over. And Janet makes some references like to Ghostbusters and to things that the two of them used to do. And he doesn't remember them or he doesn't get the, the jokes. And she's like, this is not Hank. This is Ultron. Like he, he has control of Hank's body and he's duping everybody. We have to stop him. So she goes after uh, cable and Deadpool and convinces them to help her. Nice. And cable immediately sees through his bullshit. And Hank's like, you know what? I'm tired of playing it this way. And like his face peels off and Ultron's face is underneath it. And a big fight's about to happen. It was actually a lot of fun to read again. It's freaking Ultron. Yeah, but I don't think it's the Ultron we've seen before. I think it's a different Ultron because he, he does. It's like a symbiotic relationship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Hank has some control over it, but I don't think Hank's the one in control of the body at the moment. So, so like, so it's like Mega King Ghidorah. He's half robot, half uh. kind of. Yeah, <laughs> put it in terms you can understand. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> there's an internal struggle for control of the body. I think it's kind of like the Peter Parker, Otto Octavius thing during Superior Spider-Man. Okay. So we'll have to wait and see who comes out on top. But I'm just looking forward to seeing what goes on because it ended with uh, Janet setting off an EMP and knocking him unconscious for a second. Deadpool pulling a gun and putting it to his head. She's like, "Shoot him now!" And Captain America's like, "Don't do it. Don't kill him." And the last thing you see is Deadpool fire the gun. So who knows what's going to happen? Huh? It's pretty good. Yeah. So what was your number one? Ha <laughs> ha. Number one, Harley Quinn. Number 29, Amanda Cotter, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Chad Harden. Picking up again after messing around with a red fool, red tool, whatever you want to call him. Uh, they find out, you know, they're in trouble. They always have money problems. They're like six grand in the hole. And she's like, how the hell? <laughs> He's like, well, we're paying for this, paying for that, paying for this. But anyway, before that, a story is going on where this guy is selling these cars. They look like regular cars, but when you get in a car, it transforms into a freaking giant robot. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And so some bad crap happens, and it gets stolen. Well, these guys hire Harley and little guy, the little, I can't remember the little dude's name. The egghead guy? No, the munchkin guy. Tony. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah. So Tony yeah. goes with her. He's like a sidekick. So Tony goes with her to go get the cars. At one point, they have to hide out in this truck, so they're laying down. And so Tony's like hugging her. She's like, is that your hand? He goes, uh, no. <laughs> he made her actually jiggle with the beaver or with a globe so he could see. You can't say that. <laughs> well, you know, Ber- Bernie's there. The beaver's there, too. So okay. she sticks the globe in his stomach. And he's like, I got you these other ones, too, so you can take it out and put it in your. And they stop and they both look at this, look at you. You know, they do the Deadpool thing. I was like, that's messed up. But anyway, 
so they, they go on, winds up, Harley winds up giving the robots to the guy, and they pay her 20 grand, and she gets some bowling because he owns bowling alley, so she's bowling, right? And the guy shows up, and the robot is like, I'm going to kill you and give me my money back. So his assistant tried to warn him, and he got killed. Before he died, he said, there's another car over there. He goes, go get in it. It'll, it'll do something. So she winds up in a robot. The car's red, and it transforms, and it looks kind of like a Harley robot. It's crazy. So she starts fighting with the robot. She shoots missiles out of everywhere. But the funny thing is, she beats him with ass missiles. She turns around, and it's like her butt, like her whole butt like goes away, and everything has holes, and it's like missiles just all coming, like thousands of missiles coming out of her butt. Butt cheeks and everywhere, butthole, everything. And the guy's like, this is how I'm going to die? Ass missiles? <laughs> and then he dies. So then she goes after the guy who put the hit on her. So she beats him up, and he's down, and going, you can't take me, I'm the baddest guy, and he's got a gun pointing at the robot's butt. She sits down and farts and blows him away with all the missiles again. And... <laughs> So they walk away. She goes, this is pretty cool. I need to keep this. We need to do some more upgrades to this. And it's like, what else could we do? I mean, you just farted on a guy. <laughs> and she says something, but you don't know what it is. And so she's, she's got a robot now. She's got a transformer robot that shoots missiles out of her head and missiles out of her ass. It, it, right. It's freaking hilarious. And it kind of looks like her. <laughs> but it was really funny. I'm not doing any justice. It was really good. And the little one-liners and the, the innuendos that Tony says. I mean, no, I, I feel like the last few issues of Harley have actually been pretty good. Um, yeah, the they series, stepped away from it. The series lulled for a really long time. But Palmiotti's really writing some funny dialogue and stuff lately. Well, now so. they, she got rid of Mr. J, and she's doing her own thing. It's pretty cool. Well, Poison Ivy showed up, too. And then, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I enjoy the book. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, but I'll check it out. Yeah, that was my number one. Cool. Uh, my number one was Detective Comics 935 from James Tenney and the Fourth and Eddie Barrows. Again, man, you're holding out on me. What the hell? Well, we've been super busy. Like, let I it go. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> let it go. I'm not letting anything go today. <laughs> damn it. Uh, so basically, Batman has formed a team of the original Robins. You got Tim Drake. You got Jason Todd. You got you know the new people too. You got Bluebird. And you got and Spoiler. And they're all working together and they're training underneath Batwoman. Uh, she's developed this new cave. And it's, it's kind of like the danger room the X-Men had. But what are they training to be? Under Batwoman? Well, she's, she's training them <laughs> for Batman. Sorry, I was being a dick. She, she's, you know, she's a brilliant tactician, so she watches them and figures out what their weaknesses is and then pushes them to their limits so they try to learn how to overcome those yeah, things. Yeah, she has military background. Right, she's trying to make them all stronger. So they've developed this new like, danger room that is run off of Clayface's chemicals. Nice. So like it can cre- keep creating monsters over and over again with pieces of Clayface, and they keep facing them and fighting them and trying to like hone their strengths. And uh, you know, it starts off with them fighting a whole army of Jokers, which is you know more than they could handle. So they end up calling it quits, mm-hmm. putting an end to it. And they've been fighting for like four hours straight. Well, where's Batwing in all this? Uh, who cares? <laughs> nice. No, the new Batwing's pretty badass. It's Fox's son. It's Lucius' son. The old Batwing is... The old Batwing sucked ass, but the new Batwing is pretty cool. It's Lucius Fox's son. Well, everything's all scrambled up after Rebirth. I have no idea where he is. You can't ask me that question. Okay. (laughs) I'm doing the best I can here. (laughs) Uh, But there's a new villain group called Colony, which uh, the the end of the issue is actually the most exciting part. I mean, you get to see the the fight scenes and the training and stuff, and that's all cool. Uh Uh, But you also get to see this thing at the end where Batman's out fighting crime, and then he's driving home in the Batmobile, and then a whole bunch of other Batmobiles show up beside him and start stopping him like they're they're throwing all kinds of new electromagnetic pulse blast at him and end up stopping the batmobile he gets out and then a whole bunch of armored guys that kind of are reminiscent of uh the arkham knight look okay step out and they're like we're colony we're taking you with us and they're all like elite trained soldiers wearing basically bat gear that have hunted down batman and stopped him so i really have no idea where it's going but it's it's pretty cool Dude, it's going to end bad for those guys. <laughs> it's, it's probably going to end bad for those guys, but I bet they take Batman down at first. 
okay, look, if it was old, tired-ass Batman, yeah. But this is Mr. Rejuvenated, Mr. I'm healed, Mr. I don't got the scars, Mr. I'm pissed off at the world, Batman. I think he, I mean, I think he probably just goes with him to see what's going on. I, that might, <laughs> he might, yeah, he might lay down his batarang and go, I can see that, just to see what's happening. Interesting. That's a pretty fun issue. That was my top two. Uh, did you have a pick of the week this yes, week? Yes, I did. Flash, number one. Yeah. Joshua Williamson, Carmen D. Grandiolo, Machi, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> Carmine, excuse me. Carmine D. Giando Mencia. Did I say that right? Giando Mencia? Is it like Italian? Gian Domenico. What? Gian Domenico. There's no O at the end of that. It's an A. There's an O at the end of it. It's C-I-A. I looked it up. There's an O at the end of it. <laughs> Just because you can't write doesn't mean that. <laughs> well, damn, I can't read and I can't write. What good am I? I really don't know. Nice. <laughs> that was actually my pick of the week as well. Love it. It's a great issue. Yes. Uh, dude, is there going to be another Flash? There's going to be another Flash. Uh, the Speed Force has chosen another person to infect, for lack of a better word. <laughs> is, dude, it's not a disease. Well. It's a gift. It is a gift, yes. Uh, it's all about Barry trying to balance life and being the Flash, you know, like it always is. So there'll be three Flashes in that world. Yes. I like how you hold up four fingers. <laughs> You're really, really good at this. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to do anything to spoil this one. I'm just going to tell you guys to go and read it. You know what big fans of Josh Williamson we are. Um, it's a fantastic issue. If you watch the TV series, that's enough information about the characters to jump in and read it. Uh, if you're a Flash fan, you'll really, really enjoy it. Uh, just go pick it up. You'll like it a lot. When I was reading it, I could picture like the Flash from the movie. No, excuse me, the Flash from the TV show being the Flash in the book. Well, it, it was weird only, for me. I was like, what am I? Stop that's, that. <laughs> that's only because of the way Josh started the book. Josh started the book with, my name is Barry Allen, and I'm the fastest man alive. I know. That's like, you piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> he did that shit on purpose. Yeah, I know he did. <laughs> Hi, I'm Oliver Queen. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but yeah, much love for Josh Williamson. I love the way he writes. I love how he does stuff. Didn't mind the art either. The art was pretty good. Oh, yeah, it was great. So, yeah, that was my pick of the week. Mine, too. And Braden stole it from me. Nice. <laughs> I told him to take care of it because it's going to be probably worth something later. What about you, Jordan? Have you read anything recently that you'd like to talk about? Um, yeah. I, I think my favorite book out of this week, and this goes back to you know my childhood, is probably Deadpool Gambit. And um, I know the Deadpool craze is kind of at a fever pitch right now, but you know yeah. I was born in the 80s, so for me, the, the kind of things that I loved in my age group, it went Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, and then about 92 X-Men when the animated series came out that, I mean, everyone loved that. So with that in mind, Gambit was always my favorite character. So to see him kind of come back like this was, uh, was really cool. And I thought they did some really cool things with him. Um, you know, instead of just throwing cards, like there's, there's a panel in there where he charges up gravel yeah. And throws that in Deadpool's face. I'm like, man, that is so cool and so smart. Or where he charged the diamond. I mean, I I just love, you know, how they handled him. And uh, it was a pretty funny book. I thought I was laughing the whole time. And, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, Gambit come back. Because, like I said, he's always been my favorite X-Man. So I loved it. Yeah, I, I really liked it, too. It was really close to making my top three. Um, I loved the, the fact that when they were running through the town impersonating Daredevil and Spider-Man, that they were talking in such stupid language. Yeah, that was that was the best part too. I started reading that at first. I'm like, why are they talking like this? There's got to be a hook somewhere, and then then the payoff. But yeah, I was uh, I loved that as well. Yeah, it was really good. And yeah, I've, I'm I'm right there with you, man. I'm the hugest Deadpool fan, but uh, I'm also a huge Gambit fan. So it was a lot of fun. I really liked. Yeah, it, it was it was great. I can't wait for the next one. You know, when they were doing that first Gambit book, I was like, eh, eh, okay. Eh, you know, it was all right. You were picking it up. Uh, and then Gambit joined up in... Uh, All New X Factor? Yeah. 
He was good in that yeah, one. I liked really his portrayal in that book. I didn't get a chance to read this one either, but I really wanted it. Uh, probably because I wanted to see how he was going to react with Deadpool. Well, it's uh, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker again. And they, oh, they've been doing a really good job with Deadpool every time they've touched him. Um, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I meant it that way. <laughs> like even, the front, even the front cover was funny. The, the title of the book is Deadpool v. Gambit, and then it says the V stands for verses. Like, like, no. like you needed the explanation. Like <laughs> They're just funny guys, and they do a really good job with the character. So it's a great book. Like you, I was hooked on uh, the X-Men growing up as a kid, too, watching the cartoon and everything else, and Ghostbusters and Turtles and all that crap, too. So, yeah, that's, I'm happy with this. Yeah. Anything else you enjoyed this week? Uh, I, I really liked Wonder Woman 1 as well. Um, I just really liked where Greg Rucka's going with there, and I thought that art was amazing in there. Like, I had to read it twice. I read it first, you know, with the story, and then I went through a second time and just looked at the artwork because it was great. The colors were great. I mean, everything. Um, it, it's funny coming from a writer perspective, you know, it's hard to limit myself to not fill up each panel with bubbles, you know, but <laughs> to, to, to remember that you read a comic book for the art, you know, and, and, uh, you write, would write a prose novel or a short story if the art didn't matter. So when I read a book like Wonder Woman, um, that's got such great art and such, I don't want to say minimal dialogue, but everything is boiled down to exactly what you need to let the art breathe. I, I loved it. So um, that was a great one, in my opinion, too. That's awesome. I have it in my pile to read, but I haven't gotten to it yet. What so. woman? That's <laughs> when she goes to Olympus, right? I, I really don't know. That's when she goes to Olympus, the, right? the first end, one in the Rebirth series. She goes back so. to Olympus? Yeah. And you know they're doing two different Wonder Woman books, two standalone ones. One where she's going to, I mean, this one here, and another one like back in the past or something. I don't know. She's remembering her. I don't know. I saw it in the book. I'm gonna have to pick them both up. As you know, my wife's a huge Wonder Woman fan. Yeah. And are I, they like doing? Are sorry. they doing that to tie in with the movie, the past stuff? Maybe I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I liked it too, just like you. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm on board with Wonder Woman. I, I, I we said this the other day. DC kind of pissed us off with the constantly restarting over this all BS and whatever and whatnot, and then Marvel doing the same crap. And we really weren't reading a lot of DC. And now they're, this they're, Rebirth thing has really got me by the balls. Yeah, they're killing it with Rebirth. I'm, I'm really yeah, impressed I, with everything they're doing. I agree. I agree. The Rebirth has been great so far. It's like we're throwing this crap out, and we're writing it this way. I'm like, well, damn. Everything, everything except stuff. for Batman. Everything yeah, Batman, Batman was kind of lame. lame yeah. yeah. got to pick that shit up, man. This is Batman. It was. It wasn't even that it was lame. It was just that it was it had no content. It was. Uh, it was lame. Just said the way I said. Lame. It was Twenty pages of story with like five giant splash pages. So I mean, you read through the book in like eight seconds, and and nothing really of significance happened. I was really just underwhelmed with it because usually Batman number one's more substantial. You just want him to get the chair back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Uh, Jordan. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you are here today? Sure. Uh, so my name is Jordan Hart, and I uh, have a new one-shot coming out called Terminarch at the end of August. And um, I have a background. I started as a humor author, so we kind of thought that this was such a great podcast for me to be on because not only is it comic books, but the healthy dose of humor is kind of like right in my wheelhouse as well. So, um, awesome. We're, hel- We're healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what the hell? It was a great, it was a great uh, place to, <laughs> uh, to be. But, um, the name of the uh, one shot is 
Terminarch. And uh, what it is, is it's, you know, the familiar robots become self-aware, exterminate humanity um, trope that everyone knows at this point. Uh, but what the hook is, what the difference is here is that it takes pla- place after that apocalyptic event. Um, and the robots here, when they became, they were always self-aware, but one day they realized that there's one thing humans do that they can't do. And that's create art, um, any type of art, uh, music, architecture, anything like that, because art comes from the soul and a machine doesn't have a soul. So they started to view these artists um, of humanity as like these godlike figures that they just were mystifying natural phenomena that they couldn't comprehend and couldn't understand. So they viewed these artists as, uh, I don't want to say national treasures, but you know, you get the same point, just like these mystical uh, godlike beings. So they wiped out the rest of humanity thinking that society was preventing most artists to reaching their full potential because they had to work jobs to pay bills and not focus on art. So Terminarch is set in this weird, I call it dystopian utopia, where it's just robots and artists in the world. And um, the robots worship the artists, but of course the artists are pissed off because most of humanity is dead and they're they're left uh, to themselves. So it's just this weird future-type world. Knowing Seek Donnelly, the editor for Awesome, which is the company that's publishing this, uh, this book seems 100% right up his alley. <laughs> Yeah, definitely <laughs> does. It definitely does. Have you read Elden Vital, his book about the... Yeah, I have. And Seek's a friend of mine. You know, we always see each other at cons and stuff. So when, you know, I talked to them, and I was pitching them this idea. He kind of had this, like, you know, like, excited but kind of pissed look on his face. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, dude, you got to check out my latest book, Elan. And then it wasn't done at that point, but he had sent me the beginning and the script and everything. And I was like, oh man, these are so close. So we were just laughing about that, that, uh, Elan is more following the robot and, and him kind of getting a soul and mine's more a view of the world. But the two concepts are so close that they, we both had them individually and came together, uh, with these two ideas. It was pretty coincidental and hilarious at the same time. That's awesome. How did you, uh, partner up with Terry Huddleston? Awesome had used him on Thaniel, and I really liked his style, and and I do probably like eight cons a year, I'd say. So he's at every con with his giant wall of faces um, that I call it. It's like a 30-foot wall of face posters he sells. So he's at every <laughs> con, so we just started talking, and uh, I, I really liked his style, and I knew his style would be perfect for uh, – they're androids in this story, so they look human, but they're obviously robots. So um, I needed art that could show that, you know, because obviously uh, comic books, there's no motion, so it's hard to tell that. And he can really draw the human anatomy really good. And I knew he could balance uh, more motionful human movements as opposed to more stiff, robotic human movements um, visually. So I knew he was a good fit, and I told him the story and lucked out that he had a gap in his schedule. And, and yeah, it worked out, which is great because I love the way it looks. Very cool. Um, so what would you say were your biggest inspirations for this story? Uh, well, I grew up a massive Terminator fan. I mean, I guess everyone did. Me, Me too, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like my uncle's favorite movie. So, so a lot of summers I spent with my cousin um, and we'd watch Terminator, you know, what we could watch of it as much as we could behind our parents and our, <laughs> our aunt and uncle's back because it's kind of violent for kids to watch. But uh, 
But so, I, have, you know, I have a great story about Terminator. I, I snuck over to a friend's house and watched Terminator 2 because I was forbidden from seeing it by my parents. Yeah. And I came home and my grandmother was visiting and I was convinced that she was a T-1000 and I, would, I wouldn't go near her. I stayed away from her. <laughs> <laughs> I told that's that on hilarious. the show before, but that's the abridged version. It was pretty funny. Oh, man, that's, so, that's hilarious. Oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, so – you know, from that, and I, I have always loved science fiction. Um, probably comes from my love of comic books. You know, there's so many good sci-fi ideas in there that I kind of absorbed as a kid. And when I grew older, I um, loved science fiction short stories. And uh, I don't know. It's just I can't really tell you how the idea came to me. It came to me on a whim in in high school as like a comeback to getting made fun of. That was just ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. But. Uh, um, yeah, it's just an old idea that I cultivated over the years, and I actually pitched Awesome a different story, and they liked it, but they didn't like it enough. And then their owner, Omar, was like, do you uh, have any other ideas? And this was at WonderCon. So this is an idea I hadn't thought about for like 15 years. I was like, yeah, I have this idea about a future world where the robots kill all of humanity except artists, and the artists are kind of worshipped like gods. And he looks at me, he's like, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so then... So then, you know, I had to scramble to think of build the whole world in like two weeks and, and get them an actual pitch document. But, you know, it's just funny how, how it works sometimes. How many pages is Terminark? Uh, it is 52 pages long. So it's a it's actually a prestige format one shot, which I'm pretty excited about because I used to love prestige books as kids, which for I'm assuming every listener knows what a prestige book is. But in, if not, it's basically a thin graphic novel. Um, it's got a spine and uh, a little bit harder covers than a normal comic book, um, but it's about a fifty to seventy page uh, graphic novel, hmm. trade paperback. Sweet. So we already know in this book, I would live and you would die, because I'm an artist. I mean, I got the best stick figure in the game. We know this, and you're just you're just a writer. You're dead. I'm pretty sure writer falls under the overarching story. I'd make sure my artist. Android would know that's not enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're going down. And You're you know, just a horse. They just turn you into glue. <laughs> I'm a horse with skills, bro. And his book has a spine you do not. So you're screwed. <laughs> I wanted to make that joke. Okay. That's <laughs> because you're giving me looks, man. Quit giving me looks across the table. Stop staring at me the way you do. Because <laughs> I'm wondering how you would die in this book. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell, tell us a little bit more about the protagonist in the story. Uh, so the protagonist is a guy named uh, Martin Allerton. And how the reader kind of learns about this future world is he is a fugitive that's been living off the grid for 50 years. Um, and one day, after 50 years of no interaction with anyone else in solitude, he's approached by a man that comes out of nowhere and basically tells them he, they need to talk and they need to, you know, he, Martin needs to be caught up on current world situations. And Martin believes that this man is a bounty hunter. They're finally um, found his fugitive there to bring him in for a reward. He's been living completely off the grid in Northern Maine. So he's absolutely no idea what the current world situation is. He thinks it's the same as when he left it. And, um, that's pretty much all I can say without spoiling too much of the story. But, um, yeah, that's the main character, a hermit that's been living off the grid in isolation for 50 years that has no idea about the current world situation. So you are in the book, Miguel. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is Red Dawn, baby. Red Dawn. <laughs> Wolverines! <laughs> Taking down the androids. Yeah. <laughs> that's what would happen if I was in this book. 
Uh-huh. This book sounds amazing. I it, it, does it, sound, it does sound like I a can, lot of fun, Jordan. Uh, thank you. I can't wait to check it out. When When is it being released? End of August. Uh, uh, yep, August 31st to hit stores. Cool. And uh, what's the price going to be on this one? Uh, so it's uh, it's going to be six ninety nine uh, total with extras. It's seventy two total pages, and then it's going to be in that prestige format, which um, is going to be pretty awesome, as we talked about. That's a good price for it. Yeah, you get a discount. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. I- I'm glad that you're doing a book, and you're doing it with Awesome. Awesome was like, and Omar and Seek were like our very first guests on this on this show, and they have been true supporters of us and. They're like best friends to us, man. We love Seek. We love Omar. We watch Omar. We see Omar on Facebook blowing up here doing this and that kind of stuff. So you I'm watch, so you watch one million dollar listing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm glad you're doing this. Do you have more projects that you're going to do with them? Um, yeah, I'd like to. We're ta- <clears throat> excuse me. We're talking about a couple things um, right now, um, as well as uh, an extension of Terminarch. So I have the option to extend it a couple issues. Um, they gave the green light to that. So. We're just trying to figure out exactly what that story would be and, and kind of time it up with Terry's schedule. Um, so there's a good chance. Originally, the story I wanted to tell is what this one shot is, um, essentially a science fiction short story. But after Seek read it once, he's like, dude, you can't leave it hanging like that. You have to finish this story. And I've heard the same from a couple of my uh, writer friends that checked it out for me for feedback and notes as well. So. I have a feeling uh, Terminarch will be coming up in the future again for a few more issues, which is pretty exciting. Awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I say it right now. Crossover with that and Elon Batal. Can we do it? Yeah. Can well, it happen? Elon had kind of a, a very definitive ending. I don't really think that C can expand that world a whole lot. You can always do something, man. It's a, it's a, actually, if you haven't checked out Elon Batal, you got to go and find it yeah. and, and live through the entire experience because it's more than just a book. It's like a whole experience. You got podcasts and like little audio clips and video clips. I was one of the first people that actually went through the entire experience. And I talked to seek about it after I did it. And I mean, it's a, it's a very, very personal story for him. It's very deep and, and touching and just very interesting and unique. I've never seen, I've never done anything like that before. So uh, if you get a chance, check that out, not to steal from your thunder, Jordan, but just, Oh no, shout out. <laughs> I, I totally agree that the, the book and the story of seek story behind the book, it's just incredible. So yes, please go check that book out immediately. I mean, I've liked everything you said, Jordan, about your past and talking about Terminarch and I, I feel you're very skilled. I would love to see you and seek, work on something together. I mean, I re- that could probably be something super amazing. Could you imagine these two guys writing something together? I, I really think it could be something really special. They would do that. Well, th- thank you very much. Yeah, that, that would be great, and we've joked about that. So uh, now that we have firsthand uh, encouragement, we're going to have to make that happen. Then. There you go. And it can be uh, produced by Great Bear Comics. There you go. <laughs> I think Awesome's a little bit bigger name yeah, than I'll Great just Bear say at this point. But <laughs> I just wanted to pitch that. I threw it out there for you. No, but co- collaborative writing is, is so much more fun than doing it solo because I'm actually doing my book collaboratively with a friend of mine, George, and uh, it's a blast. Every time we get together and have a writing session, it's so much fun. So I, I think you and Seek would really enjoy that. Yeah, it, it coll- collaborating together is just the best thing too, especially when you when you get together with someone that's on the same wavelength as yours and the fact that Seek and I have very similar books that were developed at the same time uh, without knowing, I think that's a good sign as well that we're going to have to team up for sure. Definitely. Coming out on August 31st, 
you're probably going to have it in stores, I'm assuming. Um, are you going to go any cons with this beforehand? Or, like, people can get it earlier or afterwards? Or? Uh, no, it won't be printed by San Diego. So um, that was originally one of our goals, but then we ended up going with a later release date. So um, it will we'll be at uh, the New York Comic Con. Awesome, we'll have a booth there. And uh, we'll have a bunch of copies. And then I did a bunch of uh, screen prints that we gave out at WonderCon um, to kind of like pre-promote the book. So we'll have a ton of those uh, screen prints as well. But, yeah, look for us uh, in New York. We'll be there. When is New York Comic Con again? It's in October. I can't give you the exact dates. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I was trying to think if it was going to coincide with my trip up there or not. Then I'd be like, hey, man, tell Omar to get me in the door. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure you would. Could you imagine me in New York Comic Con? Could you imagine what would happen? No. You don't want to? <laughs> if I'm not there to control you, I don't know what would happen. <laughs> Today at Comic Con, this man was arrested. <laughs> it certainly seems possible. What do you mean control, man? I'm, I'm under control all the time. Uh-huh. Unless I have a Kickstarter or, uh-huh. or any other jolt cola you give me. You get a little wild sometimes. Like Somebody's got to pull you back every once in a while. I love living life, man. I know. <laughs> I appreciate that. By I appreciate that about you. It makes it fun, but uh, some, sometimes you get a little too fond of your life, and <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like I'm swinging or something. What the hell, man? I'm a happily married horse. Uh, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jordan, uh, so New York Comic Con, any ideas of coming down this way? Um, hopefully, next year to uh, next spring. What was the name of the con that you guys were just at? Comic Palooza. Yes, Kamapalooza. My uh, my friend up here is from Houston as well, and he was just there, and he loved it. So hopefully uh, I can make it down to there. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, that would be awesome. We'll hang out yeah. with you and show you the sights. Do we know your friend? <laughs> He's the uh, guy that did the uh, end credits for the Deadpool movie, Klaus Studios. Um, I think he had a booth there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Justin Harder is his name. Awesome yeah. guy. Talented guy. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, this was a different comic for us. We were so busy doing everything. It was really hard. I mean, he was trying to do his book, which I understand. You know, it's, it's huge. And uh, I was trying to go around and do what I needed to do, but it was hu- It was so much going on, man. Yeah, it was. They, they took over the whole convention center. It was probably bigger this year than it's ever been. Um, it was just hard to see everything. I don't think I even saw everything just because of how much I was having to do at the booth. But it was a lot of fun. It always is. That's, that's great. What, what is? Do you know what the attendee count was down there this year? I don't have a, I don't have a, a certain number, so I can't really say that. But it, sure. was, it was a lot. I know last year they had like sixty thousand. Oh, we topped that. Oh wow, that's that's good. Oh, they yeah. definitely topped that. And of course, with the <laughs> well, what they did with the guy coming back from the previous con that happened, you know, they probably pulled in more people. You know, when they brought Charlie in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Comic Palooza <laughs> is the bomb, and now it has a lot of backing of the city and stuff. It's going to be bigger and better, I think. Yeah, that's great. That's great when the cities get involved with the con because then that really just makes everything easier for everyone and it really kind of just blows up the attendance numbers and the exhibitors it's that's that's great to hear what you do is you you grab omar and you grab seek and omar will pay for your first class flight down here <laughs> there you go because yeah, we know yeah. he's balling now we know he's big baller <laughs> talk them into coming with you if you do come oh, God, that'd be great. We, we really want to get together and hang out with all of you guys that'd be for fun. sure that would be great are you guys coming out to san diego uh, oh. i wish we could but not gonna happen this year Oh, man. We're just a yeah. small, small podcast. <laughs> hey, oh, we man. got people to help us out. I mean, they pay for our hosting fees and everything else, but you know, we haven't hit that sponsor yet to, to get that, <clears throat> get us over that hump and get us there. 
I mean, we're talking about maybe trying to bribe Omar to be the sponsor of our show, but we didn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day we get him down here and we get him drunk. And we move. Yeah, sign us, Omar. Sign us. <laughs> you can pitch him for that. Pitch him that for me. <laughs> the official sure. awesome podcast of awesome comics. That's right. <laughs> so uh, I know you, you started this with awesome. Now, what is your real big end game? Are you trying to like really like you know start off here maybe go further wind up with dc or marvel or image down the road or are you just planning just to write a couple books here and be with awesome and just take it easier do you have another job that you're doing i guess um yeah uh that's a good question and one that i'm trying to figure out uh as as well at the moment um i really like the whole creator owned thing obviously growing up a comic book fan writing for dc or marvel would be you know, amazing and something I wouldn't pass up if it presented itself. But uh, I just love the current industry right now with the whole creator-owned attitude. And you don't have to, like, this is a perfect example, Terminark through Awesome, is, like, if you want to do a creator-owned book, you don't have to go through Image anymore. Like, so many publishers now are, are open to doing the whole creator-owned uh, book that, it's just awesome and it's encouraging because you can just tell the stories you want to tell and, and kind of get them out there. And that's kind of where I see my future going. Um, I love no restraints, being able to tell your story from scratch, build your world, um, explore the, you know, these new ideas. So I think in the near future, I'll just continue with the creator owned and, um, definitely you know run stuff by awesome first. Cause I love seeking Omar just like you guys do. And, they're just good to work with and, and a good publisher to be associated with. So uh, that's what I'll be focusing on now um, in the next year or so. So I've got a couple ideas brewing as we speak. And, you know, usually one of them will rise to the top eventually. Uh, so I'm just kind of in that in-between period right now, figuring out which one that's going to be. That's cool. And that's respectable. You're a very uh, cool guy, Jordan, just to talk to him. I can see this. And you seem like a great guy. I wish you the best of success. And I understand the loyal thing also to seek and Omar. I mean, that, you know, I get it. Cool. Thank you. Okay. No, I wasn't kissing up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get a lot of crap for that. But it's from the heart, man. I know. I respect these people. I do, like, too. Like, the stuff you're doing, writing your own books, I mean, I have to – okay, I got this little shout-out. And he doesn't ever tell me to do this, but – my boy here across the table, I've seen a lot more what it, what you guys actually have to go through from watching him do his own book. And I imagine he was so super excited when he got to do his little preview book, and he got it out there. And the love that he got from the people at Comicpalooza, just, he was like overwhelmed. He was so happy, and I'm so proud of him. I mean, much respect for you for everything you've done there, Justin. I'm very proud of you, and I, 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 it makes me understand what you guys go through. So it's so cool, and my hat's off to both of you. Comics are a lot of work, but they're also Thank a you. lot of fun. <laughs> I get to read them. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. Uh, it's now time for everybody's favorite segment, Tell Me a Funny Story. Did you I get- just tell one at Comic Palooza? We all did. Aw. But I went the week before, so now it's your turn Come again. on. <laughs> all right, I don't know how funny this is going to be, but this, this is a painful story. So... I have eight dogs in case the world doesn't know, but I think the world knows. Jordan probably doesn't know that. You can probably hear him barking wow. from where he is. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have six in the house and two are outside. The two on the outside are not mine, but that's, you know, they kind of guard our house. Do you now. feed them? Yes. Then they're yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, they roam. They're free roaming dogs. I don't have any control. They don't really listen to my commands. They, food, whatever. Yeah, here they come. <laughs> and they guard the house and they guard us. Anyway, we have a dog that's blind. 
and he's he's okay. He's you know I take him out, and he's no problem. So we have gates up to keep him from getting with the other dogs or hurting himself or whatnot. Well, we're babysitting my dad's dog because he's taking care of my daughter's house right now. So his little Chihuahua's with us. I'm asleep. We're exhausted from all this stuff running around. Obviously, uh, it's two o'clock in the morning, and I hear the dog whimpering, whining. I'm like, ah, oh, she's got to go out. Funny, she's got a Mexican name. Her name is Chiquita because he's like a little small little Chihuahua. And so, all right, Chiquita, I'm coming. So I get up to go get her. And I moved the one gate from the hallway. That was gone. I didn't take the one from the hallway to the kitchen down because of the way my house is. So I walked through, and I think my eyes were still closed because I don't remember ever having my eyes open because you know, you know your house. You know where you, you can walk through it blindfolded. So I'm walking, but I forgot that when I went to bed, I didn't take the gate down. I hit the gate at relatively decent speed with my knees, and the gate wasn't very high. Uh, there's nothing to catch yourself on the way down. I didn't have an, I couldn't grab the table or anything else. Hell, there was no reaction. I just went down. I'm like, oh, I feel like one of those trees is coming down like, like uh, Ant-Man when he fell down in the movie. You know, That's how I felt. And I crushed the gate. I snapped it. I fell down face. I skinned my knee. I cut myself. Uh, I'm laying there on the ground on top of this gate. I'm like, uh, I didn't want to get up. I thought I, I thought I woke everybody up because I'm not a small guy. I mean, I go about two bills, 45 pounds. No, actually, two bills, 75 pounds. <laughs> so I'm a big dude. And, uh, I mean, it was a thunderous roar when I hit the ground. <laughs> I don't I, think I'm I, sure it made a loud sound. I don't yes. think I bounced. <laughs> Maybe my cursing might be <laughs> after I ate it. But I was like, oh. So I picked myself up and I turned the light on. I'm like, damn it. I was going to yell at my kid for not taking the gate down. But then I realized, oh, it was me because he went to bed early. Everything you touch, you break, man. So I turned, <laughs> shut up, man. So I turned the light on. I picked the gate up. Like, holy crap, this gate is mangled. It's one of those wooden baby gates, dude. It was snapped, twisted, turned. I'm like, who fell on this thing? Jabba? <laughs> A big baby. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm lucky I didn't gore myself with the stick breaking. Yeah, you are lucky. So I picked it up and I put it there. And I hear the dog, like, oh, to hell with you. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I just hurt myself for your. D-. And I looked at my hand. Oh, okay. So I went to the bathroom, washed my hand up a little bit. Okay, put a Band-Aid, put a Band-Aid here. All right, I'm going to bed now. <laughs> I got before, and my wife got up because her alarm went off, too. And she's like, she looks at me like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> Man, you don't want to know. I got somebody tried to break in our house. I beat this guy out. <laughs> she's like, what? She walks down to the gate. I lost a fight with a gate. <laughs> yeah. What? She goes, your dumb ass fell over the gate, didn't you? You forgot to take it down. No, I didn't flip over. I went through it, woman. That's what I do. <laughs> I smashed. Oh, how the hell did you not hear me? I could still be laying here with a gate in my gut, and no one would care. Bleeding on the ground. Damn dog whimpering, and no one got up. The gate was getting revenge for all the shelves you destroyed. <laughs> the shelves I destroyed. <laughs> I had no... Dude, seriously. And here's the bad part. You know how tall the gate is when, you, when, you, when it's there. Like, I have another gate there. So I know to pick my leg over the top. I don't know how to pick it up. It does not matter. If you... You know, if you're exhausted, if you're thinking about anything else, you're still going to hit that stupid gate. I was coming across it just a couple days ago. I hit the gate with my back part of my foot and I almost fell forward. It's like, because I, I barely clipped it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because I had my hamburger in my hand, too. So I was like, what the hell? And, and then I hit, I banged my knee on it. I was like, come on, stupid. You know it's right there. It's not like it's going to jump out of nowhere and get you. Man, the funny part would have been, my wife wants to take the door that we used to have there because we took it off the hinges. She goes, here's what we should do. We'll take that door, take it to Home Depot, and have them cut it so we can have like a half door so you can open the top and keep the bottom closed or whatever. And I started thinking to myself, yeah, that would have been real great. I hit the door. I would have flipped my ass over. <laughs> and I would have really been hurt. <laughs> Stupid dog. Not if you make it high enough. 
Oh yeah, so I can doorknob myself yeah. in the groin. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I hit the stupid gate. I hurt myself, and it, the blood on the gate. The gate is destroyed. Braden got up later and went, where's the gate? And he saw it outside. He's like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he told me you got a shower the next morning, and all of a sudden you felt oh yeah yeah pain. I forgot about that. And, yeah, and I was you started pulling splinters out of your head. like you went to bed with these giant ass splinters in your hand. I didn't even know. I didn't even know until the next morning. Yeah, because I was washing my hair. And I'm like, ow, ow. Why is my Oh, okay, because I hurt my hand. Okay, so I start using my other hand. I'm like, ow, ow, what the hell? So I look at my hands in the shower. I'm like, oh, okay, pull that one out, pull that one out, squeeze my finger. Okay, here comes the other one. Okay, I took a couple splinters out of my hand. Didn't even know. That's how tough I am, man. See, that's how I'm, tough you I'm are. I'm too tough to kill, bro. Splinters clean from me. <laughs> Could have been nails in my fingers. <laughs> Whatever. Do your worst, Chinese. You defeated the baby gate. Congratulations. <laughs> no Walmart oh. shelf or baby gate is safe from you. <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> so yeah, that was my funny story, and I forget. Thanks for reminding me. I forgot that I had the stupid splinters. Matter of fact, I still. Well, you can see where my uh, skin is on my knuckle. I'm not wearing a bandaid. Battle scars, baby. That's what it is. Battle yeah, scars. Battle scars. Exactly. Chick dig scars. Except my <laughs> wife does not. She laughs at yeah. me. Tell tell the chicks where the scars came from next time. <laughs> well, it was when I was a nom. <laughs> You're not that old. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my funny story. <laughs> Everybody gets a kick out of me hurting myself. I don't know why. Because it's not normal the way you hurt yourself. <laughs> Dude, faulty shelves and faulty gates. That's all I got to say. The shelves are not meant to be sat upon. You can't. Jordan, have you ever walked into a Walmart or Target or something and just sat down on a shelf, like a display, <laughs> display shelf, and then complained to the management when it broke? Like I wasn't sitting. No. I was leaning. There's a difference. A lean and a sit. I didn't like jump up, up on a sit. Maybe but, when I tried to step on it. But, but how many did you break? Well, there was the one at Best Buy. <laughs> the one at Best Buy was on the ground. I sat down because the games, you know how to have the, the shelves, the games all the way down to the at ground? At least three that we know of at different stores. <laughs> <laughs> you don't learn, man. You don't learn. <laughs> I was sitting down and trying to read the synopsis of the game on the back, and the shelf caved. <laughs> what the hell? I'm not some hippo. I'm just a, dude, I, even if I weigh 270-something, I don't look like I weigh 270-something. No. I'm, I'm tall. You got, you got the frame for it, but. Those shelves are meant to hold like, you know, forty or fifty pounds worth of merchandise. They're not meant to hold a person. It's not like I'm sitting on the top shelf, bro. It's like the shelf that's closer to my ass. <laughs> uh, you, you sat on the top shelf the time I saw you break the shelf at Target. That's because I was too busy laughing at you or doing not paying attention. And nothing broke, thank you. The glasses well, the didn't shelf fall. Did. The shelf was mangled. <laughs> the shelf was mangled. <laughs> the shelf was, it was irreparable. Oh, come on. And your wife was like so embarrassed, she like ran away from you. <laughs> she was embarrassed. She was laughing. All y'all started laughing at me, waiting to see if I was going to fall down and eat it. Okay, let's go to Jordan's funny story. <laughs> Enough about me and shelves. <laughs> All right, Jordan, you got one for us? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think it'll resonate good with, with your listeners. Um, okay, so... I live in Santa Monica, and there's a couple of restaurants close to uh, my apartment. So one night uh, after work, my wife and I went to one right up the road, and uh, we just sat at the bar for, you know, just one drink before dinner. It had been a long day. Um, it was early. It was, it was about like 5.15. So we sit down. It's a big restaurant. There's a big bar. And next to my wife is a guy sitting at the bar. Um, with a binder, big binder open, um, and he's got a red pen, a black pen, and a highlighter. And I look, and it's a screenplay in in the binder, you know, which is a common thing here in L.A. So he's just sitting there, and it looks like he's proofreading. And I'm like, well, 
I'm when I proofread, I usually do it in a quiet library like room uh, to concentrate. But you know, everyone works differently, so I just kind of w- wanted to watch this unfold. Um, so we're sitting there, and the guy next to him starts talking. He's like, "Hey, uh, what are you what are you working on over there?" And he goes, "Oh, uh, this is a TV pilot I wrote for CW, and um, right now the script is 85 pages, and they need me to get it down to 60." And um, that was kind of like a ding for me because most most TV scripts are a minute, you know, a page a minute, so 42 to 45 pages. So I was like, "Uh oh," I was like, "This guy." you know, might be just doing that as as a front. So I just wanted to see how, you know, this would develop. So about over the next hour, everyone's coming up to this guy. He's probably proofread like three pages in an hour, right? And and there's uh, people sitting next to him, talk to him, people behind him talking to him. People are handing them their like business cards with like headshots in case they need an extra on all, uh, you know, on whatever show he's filming. And, and like I said, I can't confirm or deny whether he, you know, was a real show or not, but it seems somewhat fishy, uh, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so after about an hour, he had this huge group around him. He was living it up, you know, getting, uh, all this attention and it was, it was pretty funny. So, uh, we had finished our drink at that point and we were like, okay, well, you know, my wife and I decided to go home and make some dinner and we get up from our seats at the bar, and at the exit, you know, there's these big windows with bar high tops, so where like two people could sit right next to the window by the exit. So as we get up, right there in the middle, in front of everyone's nose, sitting at a bar table by himself, is Joss Whedon typing on an, an <laughs> iPad. And I'm like, holy shit, there's Joss Whedon. I look back, and this guy has like eight people around him at this point. And now you got Joss Whedon sitting over here by himself and no one's even paying him any attention because people probably don't even know who he is. And it's like, well, that's that's the guy that you'd want to be talking to if you're looking to get uh, headshot cards out there or looking to get, you know, advice. Mm-hmm. But um, it was funny. So then we kind of hung around a little bit to see like, oh, did he just get here? Is anyone going to notice or anything? And, and we hung around and no one noticed it was him at all. And and it was just a funny little L.A. story, I guess, for us. Wow. <laughs> but did you guys go and talk to him uh no he had his headphones on so i usually just uh i didn't want to interrupt them and anything but it was hard you know i you see a lot of celebrities around here that I, I don't really care about that but then when you see like joss whedon you know for for guys like us that's a big deal uh, you I'm, know I'm like the that's, same way we go to cons and it's like what celebrities yeah. you're excited to meet and i'm like none I don't really care. Like I want to meet the writers and the the people that create stuff. I don't really give a crap about the actors. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I am. I care about the creators. Um, yeah. But that was just that was just a hilarious story that this guy had everyone around him, and you got the biggest writer director at the time sitting by himself, and no one knows who he is. That guy was a fake man. He was planted. He was planted there so he could go in there and chill out. Hey, maybe Joss travels with that guy and just like puts Not, him places right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I never even thought about that. Yeah, that's he's like his uh, his double, his distractor. It pays well. Yeah, <laughs> it probably does if if that's real. <laughs> I can see that. That's cool, man. Well, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, let's move on to this week's comics, movie, and TV news. Uh, just a few things to go over. What do you want to talk about first? Comics. Okay, there's only one piece of comic news. Wow. Uh, and it's really not even that notable. But uh, there's the new Deadpool Merc for Money series that's starting from okay. Colin Bunn. And okay. it's going to be an ongoing 
Um, apparently, Negasonic Teenage Warhead is going to be in the book, and she's going to play a very major role, uh, which is kind of weird. Because, uh, I mean, she existed in the comics way before she ever appeared in the movies, but in mm-hmm. the comics, she had very small roles in most of the books she was in. She wasn't really fleshed out, not a super built-up character, so Cullen has a lot of room to play with. But I think it's kind of weird that he picked a character that, you know, was so prominently featured in the movie to put into the book. I don't know, man. You know, he's a smart man. Yeah. You know? and, and you were like, it's not so big. What are you talking about, dude? It's freaking Deadpool and it's Cullen Bunn. Come on. You know how I feel about Cullen Bunn. Yes. You know how I couldn't talk when he was on this show. I, I know. <laughs> okay. I'm picking it up. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Deadpool. Of course I'm picking it up. <laughs> Even I if just, it was I just Deadpool. Think it's, I just thought it was interesting and notable uh, and just kind of strange because... Yeah, hey, play on the movie while you got a chance, man. Pulling more people toward the book. Maybe so. Maybe you know what I'm saying? Brilliance, so. man. That's, that's genius. <laughs> Plus, who doesn't like Negasana Teenager? Right. She was cool. Right. She was great in the movie. I, I totally awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for comics. There's not. There's like nothing for comics right. this week. Give us some movies. Movie news. There's a ton of movie news. All right. Uh, so we got the Justice League logo. They finally revealed what it's going to look like. Uh, they also revealed who the villain is going to be in the movie. Mixoplick. Steppenwolf. The band? Not the band. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting Steppenwolf songs in my head there. I was about to start singing. Uh, no, the Dark Side's general, Steppenwolf. I could see why they're the bad guy. Yeah. I didn't really like them. It's going to take Superman to stop him. This <laughs> <laughs> German metal. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why that? Why? His general? Really? Yeah, well, it's going to be like the the precursor to Darkseid showing up. Like He's going to show up and try to prepare the world for Darkseid's arrival or whatever. Are they doing Justice League War? Is that what we're doing here? Maybe. I don't know. We don't know enough about the plot yet. True. Um, Kellen Lotz uh, from Legends of Hercules is in talks to play He-Man in the Masters of the Universe movie. Nice. It's kind of a interesting choice. You know who that guy is, right? Uh, I, I've seen the picture. I don't really know him. He was a vampire dog. He was a strong vampire in Twilight, just so you know. Oh, yeah. He was okay. also in Expendables 3. So he's right up your alley. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a huge Twilight fan. George. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Team Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> so many. I, I still I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, there's also rumors of a Silver Sable spinoff movie following Spider-Man Homecoming. Interesting. Who's doing it? Uh, well, there's just rumors. Okay, you know that means I have no information beyond that they're talking about it. I thought you had your ears to the you know to the ground, man. I think that'd be really cool though. I I loved Silver Sable in the Wild Pack when I was like a kid. That's another strange, you know. Let's just pick this person out. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I've always been a big fan of the mercenary characters in Marvel. Can I just get so, a freaking Omega Red series? Uh, Seriously, I mean, maybe the next Wolverine will fight Omega Red. There you go. <laughs> Give me something. There's like been no mention of that guy. No, there really hasn't. But, I mean, he wasn't really created until the 90s. Eh, okay. He was, you know, a fairly, fairly recent character. Uh, Deadpool 2 is going to begin filming in early 2017. So they're <laughs> moving along pretty quick on that. I imagine we'll see the movie sometime in 2018. Cable. Looking forward to it. Uh, bunch of casting announcements for Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, I was going to say Sp- uh, <laughs> Supergirl on the CW. <laughs> we're, still, we're still on movies. We'll get to the Supergirl. Oh, you piece of crap. <laughs> None of them are official yet. Okay. You know, there's a lot of people that are attached to the movie. We don't really know in what capacity, but the big one that has been announced that I've seen everywhere this past week is that Michael Mando has been uh, rumored to be cast as Carnage. Okay. That's cool. But who the hell is Michael Mando? Mando. Man, who, okay. Who is that? He's a Hispanic actor. He played, All right. He's good enough. Okay. He, he, played, <laughs> he played the uh, the the drug lord kind of guy in Weeds. Why is he going to be a drug lord? Well, he usually plays a drug lord. What the hell, man? <laughs> but he does crazy really well, and like he's he's a scary looking dude. Is he crazy like Tuco? Not quite that crazy. 
That's cool, though. But I, I like him. He's a really good actor. And, so we're going to uh, have a Latino carnage. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird, right? Carnal is going to be... <laughs> he's going to change it. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. I think he'd do a great job. Dude, freaking carnage. Is he going to be like freaking crazy? Well, people are like upset because they think you can't do a carnage movie until you've introduced Venom to the current world or whatever. I think you can skip Venom. Venom's been done once before poorly. Uh, so this is going to be an R. No, it's not going to be R. Come on, it can't be. It's, Tom, can't. it's the Tom Holland Spider-Man. There's no way it's going to be R. There's no freaking way. It's called way Homecoming. The the graphics for the logo look like they were done by, done for like, you know, a real positive fam, family-friendly movie. Like, you can have Carnage in there, but it's all all the blood and gore and stuff's going to be off camera, I'm sure. What the freak, man? You can't do that. You can't. Well, you know what's going to happen? Spider-Man will do this da 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 and at the end Carnage shows up and that's it. <laughs> and then Spider-Man 2 R. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do an R rating for any Spider-Man <sighs> movie because Spider-Man's the biggest draw for kids. Like, there's some characters you can do an R rating with. I don't think Spider-Man is one. So they want to do the Goblin. They want to do Venom. They want to bring Sandman. They want to bring somebody different, which well, is fine. Well, there's going to be a bunch of villains, apparently. It probably is going to be the Sinister Six, but it's going to be like a weird mixture of people. Okay. So, All right. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there's nothing really you can say about it yet because you don't know anything okay. yet. Uh, Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. Forrest Whitaker. Darth Vader's going to be in there. Oh, yeah. That's kind of exciting. So remind me again, and where this falls? Uh, this falls in between... Wars and Empire? Wars and Empire, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and James Earl Jones is doing the voice of Vader. Hell again, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Got to use him before he dies, man. Uh, Christopher Hivju. I can't ever say his name right. The guy yeah. who plays Tormund on Game of Thrones. Uh, he was cast as an Atlantean king in the Aquaman movie. So he's probably going to be Aquaman's dad. I'm trying to remember who he is in Game of Thrones. Tormund. The king? The the big red-bearded guy, the one that's with John Stone. The wild. Oh, that guy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. You make cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Dude, he's off the chain in Game of Thrones. I can't see his name right. I never got his name anyway. <laughs> I, I just remember him as the wildling guy. You know, he's a badass dude. Tormund. That dude's Whatever. a bad mug, yeah. man. Doctor Strange has announced uh, who Mad Mickelson is playing and who Rachel McAdams is playing. Uh, Mad Mickelson's going to be Caecilius, who is a servant of Dormammu. So uh, he's actually like an apprentice to Baron Mordo, too. But Baron Mordo is going to be a good guy in the movie. So uh, I'm not really sure how that's going to work out. But uh, Dormammu is going to be the end game for Doctor Strange, which I think is pretty cool. That's the only thing I know. I'm not a not big on Strange. I don't know much about Strange, but I know that part. But everything I've seen in this movie, this preview in Cumberbatch, it looks freaking amazing. Yeah, it really does. I'm looking forward so to it. So I'm going to be in there like, dude, what's what's going on? What What's this? <laughs> You go like read this shit before you go to this movie. <laughs> they cast Rachel McAdams as Night Nurse, but I thought that's what Rosario Dawson was doing. I thought so too. I mean, she's uh, she's in Daredevil, she's in Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. I imagine she's going to be in the other Defenders movies, and she is the Night Nurse. So I think it's kind of weird that they're giving the same role to Rachel McAdams in the movie. Uh, I don't really know what Marvel's doing there, but I guess we'll find out. Mm, she's better to look at. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not the biggest Rosario Dawson fan. No, I. <sighs> I don't know, man. Something about her acting sometimes just bothers me. I'm not hating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for movies. Let's move on to TV. Yes, TV. Uh, Maisie Richardson from Star Wars The Force Awakens has been cast as Vixen's grandmother. Well, she's actually going to be Vixen, but she's the first Vixen Okay. Uh, in the Legends of Tomorrow season two. Okay. So that's something. Uh-huh. Uh, Gotham has some casting announcements. Maggie Giha has been cast as adult Poison Ivy. And Jamie Chung has been cast as Valerie Vale. That's kind of weird. They're doing the Poison Ivy thing. She's like growing up super fast because of her abilities or whatever. Yeah, I know. They got rid of the little girl and bam. Yeah. 
three seasons to go from from I know, man. eight year old to full fledged woman. I don't know. It's weird. I can't say that on the show, man. <laughs> uh, Supergirl casting your favorite part. Damn it, man! Come on. Uh, there's only two. Uh, only two. Tyler Hoechlin from Teen Wolf has been cast as Superman. You'll like the other one though. Linda Carter has been cast as the president of the United States. I saw that. So that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah, Wonder Woman uh, as the president. But seriously, what we can't use Henry Cavill. I, he too much. No, too much money. Probably is too much money. Dude, ain't nobody. He, dude, better be buff. That's all I'm saying. Well, he was on Teen Wolf. He's probably buff. You know, you like shirtless wolves. We already talked about that. What? I don't like shirtless wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Your Twilight fandom, <laughs> dude. Cavill is Superman. I'm just saying. I agree. Uh, let's see. Flash season three is going to be the Flashpoint storyline. We know that. And we also got the return dates for all the shows. Flash is coming back October 4th, Arrow okay. October 5th, Supergirl October 10th, and Legends of Tomorrow October 13th. All great shows. And that's it for news. Man, a lot of news. A lot of news. <laughs> uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, Speak No Evil is going to be going on sale towards the end of July. So if you want to check it out, go to graybearcomics.com. You can pre-order it. Uh, that's G-R-A-Y, bearcomics.com. You can pre-order it there or purchase it once it becomes available. We also have prints of uh, James's variant cover and Devin's variant cover and Chris Ryder's variant cover. And uh, we have some shirts left, too. So those are up for sale. Uh, go check it out. Uh, make sure to pick up Terminarch when it comes out August 31st. Hell yeah! Thank you to Jordan for being on the show today. Hell yeah! Oh, thank you guys. This was awesome. He's like, it was I'm hilarious too. He's like, I'm out of this place. This <laughs> place sucks. <laughs> I, I hope we didn't, no. we didn't bore you too much, uh, but it was fun for us. <laughs> it, was fun. It, it was fun for me too. Oh, so. we don't care about their feelings. It was fun for us. <laughs> nice job. Uh, I want to remind everybody to follow us on our social media. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I am at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast too. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And if you like us, please leave us a review. Uh, if you want to find out more about Jordan, you can find him at... Uh, my Twitter, which is at Jordan underscore Hart, H-A-R-T. And that is pretty much it, guys. Jordan, would you like to close us out? Sure. Keep on laughing, bitches. Perfect. <laughs>